0: This is Genesis 44. (laughs) That's the saying I like the number four because it talks about the sovereignty of God. And this is Genesis 44. So it's a great number. Let's read. He commanded the steward of his house saying, fill the men's sacks with food as much as they can carry and put every man's money in his sack's mouth. Put my cup, the silver cup, in the sack's mouth of the youngest, with his grain money. He did according to the word that Joseph had spoken. As soon as the morning was light, the men were sent away, they and their donkeys. When they had gone out of the city and were not yet far off, Joseph said to his steward, Up, follow after the men. When you overtake them, tell them, why have you rewarded evil for good? Isn't this that from which my Lord drinks and whereby he indeed divines? You have done evil in doing so. He overtook them and he spoke to them these words. They said to him, Why does my Lord speak such words as these? Far be it from your servants that they should do such a thing. Behold, the money which we found in our sack's mouths we brought again to you, to the land of Canaan. How then should we steal silver or gold out of your Lord's house? With whoever of your servants it be found, let him die, and we also will be my Lord's bondservants. He said, Now also let it be according to your words. He with whom it is found will be my bondservant, and you will be blameless. Then they hurried and took down every man his sack to the ground, and opened every man his sack. He searched, beginning with the eldest and ending up at the youngest. The cup was found in, Benjamin's sack. Then they tore their clothes and loaded every man his donkey and returned to the city. Judah and his brothers came to Joseph's house and he was still there. They fell on the ground before him. Joseph said to them, what deed is this that you have done? Don't you know that such a man as I can indeed divine? Judah said, what will we tell my Lord? Will we speak? Or how will we clear ourselves? God has found out the iniquity of your servants. Behold, we are my Lord's bondservants, both we and he also in whose hands the cup is found. He said, Far be it from me that I should do so. The man in whose hands the cup is found, he will be my bondservant. But as for you, go up in peace to your father. Then Judah came near to him and said, O my Lord, Please let your servant speak a word in my Lord's ears, and don't let your anger burn against your servant, for you are even as Pharaoh. My Lord asked his servant, saying, Have you a father or a brother? We said to you, my Lord, We have a father, an old man, and a child of his old age, a little one, and his brother is dead, and he alone is left of his mother, and his father loves him. You said to your servants, Bring him down to me, that I may set my eyes on him. We said to my lord, The boy can't leave his father, for if he should leave his father, his father would die. You said to your servants, Unless your youngest brother comes down to me, you will see my face no more. It happened when we came up to your servant, my father, we told him the words of my lord. And our father said, Go again, and buy us a little food. And we said we can't go down if our youngest brother is with us then we will go down for we may not see the man's face unless our youngest brother is with us your servant my father said to us you know that my wife bore me two sons and the one went out from me and i said surely he is torn in pieces and i haven't seen him since if you take this one from me and harm befalls him you will bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to Sheol. Now therefore, when I come to your servant, my father, and the boy is not with us, seeing that his life is bound up in the boy's life, it will happen when he sees that the boy is no more, that he will die. Your servants will bring down the gray hairs of your servant, our father, with sorrow to Sheol. For your servant became collateral for the boy to my father, saying, if I don't bring him to you, then I will bear the blame to my father forever. Now therefore, please let your servant stay instead of the boy, a bondservant to my Lord, and let the boy go up with his brothers. For how will I go to my father if the boy isn't with me, lest I see the evil that will come upon my father. This chapter is an astounding chapter. And um, if you hadn't been following along with the story of Joseph, um, but Joseph's just given all of his brothers and they brought Benjamin down. And Benjamin is the, the father, his father's new favorite. And uh, the start of the Joseph story, Joseph is the favorite and the brothers hate him. And uh, he shares dreams with them and they hate him even more. And the, they treat him so badly, they, they want to kill him. But then, you know, They end up selling him into slavery as a kind of a uh, let's kind of do the right thing but they hate him so much in other words they don't have a a of care for what joseph towards their brother at all and not at all a thought towards their father who loves their brother so much but now we've got this story where it's something like 13 years later and um here They're in Egypt, they're with Joseph. Joseph doesn't know, uh, they don't know it's Joseph, but Joseph knows it's them. And Joseph's testing their heart and he sets up a scene where he's going to take away Benjamin as, and Benjamin is the father's favorite in this situation. But here, instead of like saying, we don't care, we hate him. He's the father's favorite. Now they care. Now they care for their father and how he feels. It doesn't explicitly say they care for the brother as much, but they clearly care a lot more than what they did for Joseph. It's just amazing how they have changed. You know, 13 years earlier, they hate Joseph, and they don't care about what their father thinks about him. But here, they obviously care enough about their brother to try to save his life, and they really care about how it's going to affect their father. So, things have changed, and I think it's amazing that this family has been through a lot and you know we often tend to think of um, Joseph being the one that went through a lot because he went off to Egypt and was a slave and he went through a lot of difficulties he did but the family that was left behind went through a lot too <laughs> Jacob suffered the whole family suffered they saw the way their father suffered Jacob not only lost his son Joseph he lost his wife Rachel and uh, he, he, he's been through many things, he's emotionally at a point where he, he can hardly handle it. They're basically saying, if we don't bring this boy back, Dad'll die. He's done. And um, So the suffering has worked in their lives to produce change. Now they're, Now they have empathy and sympathy and compassion. And they, Judah here says that he would be willing to stand in for the boy, you know. He would be willing to be jailed. You can take the boy, but take, you know, don't take the boy, but take me. So now we've got the brothers who are willing to take the place. This is an act of intercession, stepping in on behalf of someone else. This is an, an incredible, incredible change. And, I, and it's obvious that suffering produces change. Some people wonder, you know, like, why does God allow suffering in the world? God's not the cause of the suffering, but why does God allow it to exist? And we look at stories like this, and the pain is so real, but what the suffering can produce is so powerful as well. And in God's wisdom, he knows that, that good can come out of suffering. And the ultimate example of that, of course, is Jesus dying on the cross and suffering on our behalf and the great good that came out of that. Isaiah 53 verse three says that Jesus was a man of sorrows. He was acquainted with grief. He took our suffering upon him. Jesus knew what it was like to suffer, but whoa, the good that came out of that. And here in this family, of course, Jacob and his family, they suffered, but good came out of it. When Jesus was going to the cross, he walked a certain pathway in Jerusalem, and they call this name the Via Della Rosa. Via means the way, Della of the Rose or the Rosa. but it's often called the path of suffering or the the walk of suffering and um, there are very very few christians that don't have to do some type of walk of suffering because it's a part of being a christian jesus has told us to take up our cross and follow him so for every christian there are times and places where we need to embrace difficulty because the lord intends to use it to bring great good out of it and ultimately of course we're with the Lord in heaven and there is no pain there's no tears and sorrow and suffering no sickness no disease all these things are done with but in the earth uh, we're in a place that's not perfect and suffering is part of what makes it not perfect but through the suffering God is able to bring great good so we need to keep our eyes on him suffering can also bring change that's bad as well And if people don't have their eyes on the Lord, they can become bitter, they can harbour unforgiveness, they can be demanding, they can be looking at others and saying you should be doing this and you should be doing this and everything is everyone else's fault. And um, this is very common in marriages where everyone blames the other person for for it not working out. But it's common in all relationships. No, suffering can produce bad change as well. But if our eyes are on the Lord, suffering can produce wonderful good. So our eyes must be on the Lord. Finally, in this chapter, one of the brothers of Joseph, this is Judah. He, he's, he offers to stand in the place of Benjamin to save Benjamin's life. And this is an act of intercession. And this is something we're all called to do as Christians, to stand in for others. We do it through our prayers, but sometimes in reality. And of course, Jesus did that. He stood in for us He took our place on the cross. He took our sins upon him as, a, as the ultimate act of intercession. And here in the story, we've just got an example of that foreshadowing Jesus. So I guess the question here for you today is um, what is your attitude in the midst of suffering? Are your eyes on the Lord? Are you willing to go through it so that he can bring good out of it? Or are you going to harbour unforgiveness and bitterness and blame? And when it comes to others around you who are struggling are you willing to step into the gap for them to help them just as judah does for his brother benjamin heavenly father help us to be um, people with eyes on you and we acknowledge the difficulty of suffering and we acknowledge that in our own lives there are great difficulties and we pause right now and ask you to work in our lives as you did in jacob and his family's life to bring great good out of it so we thank you for the good that's coming in the name of jesus amen